Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss the next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, Down goes Duffy. Oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe they're a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Jesus, I tell you, I, you know, I'm looking at the, I can't, I'm going the wrong way. Sorry about that. Should I grab a hat? Should I grab a hat? No, I think you're good. Welcome in, everybody. It's episode 411 of the Anakin Florian Podcast. Ray Longo and John Anik with you today. No Ken Flo. So you try to fix your hair. When Kenny's here, you don't mess about with your hair, but it seems today you wanted to fix your hair and maybe you were trying to get a hat. John, it's a futile attempt when Kenny's here. He's so perfect. Yeah, that, you know why even bother? I can't match yeah. that, so I just go in. You know, I go in all natural, as they say. So did you? And of course, the cold brew is never far from that left uh, hand. Did you just work out or no? No, 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 no. I just got to the gym though. We got a couple of guys okay. sparring. So this is bit. what you look like when you get out of bed. Is that 100%. why the left side of your head is just okay? That's uh, it. This is so. Off the air, just before we began recording, and great to yeah. have you with us, by the med- by the way, midweek, Anakin Florian podcast presented by, by DraftKings. New man to Joaquin Buckley coming up in a couple minutes, but we just had a few minutes off the air with Aljamain Sterling, and you sort of said public enemy number one, and uh, he's been dodging strays. I mean, that's for sure, right? And I do think there is a measure of disrespect that Aljamain Sterling has had to deal with, whether it's from the fan base or the promotion. We talked about it a lot on our Monday episode here on the Anakin Florian podcast, and uh, there has since been a back and forth between Dana White and Aljo. It's pretty crazy. I mean, the craziest thing for me in all of this is that your guy's actually competing on August 19th, but man, a lot has transpired in the last 48 hours since we spoke on Monday. Yeah, I just, I mean, you know what it is as I'm getting older? If you get to know people and talk to people, you could deal with them a lot better. I just, I just think the whole thing is crazy. Like, you know, there's other champions that haven't fought in a while. Like, why are you fast tracking this guy, turning around in three months, and then you're threatening to an interim title? For what reason? Nobody even knew about that fight. Let him enjoy the Cejudo fight for a little bit. No. I don't know. I thought it was. It is interesting. Well, there are a few things at play, right? We have a pay-per-view in Salt Lake City, July 29th, right? That is now going to be headlined by a BMF title. And then a few weeks later, August 19th, you needed a headliner in Boston. Perhaps that could have been John Wei Lee and Amanda Lemos, but I think Dana White wants to blow it out. And as such, it's going to be your guy and Sugar Sean O'Malley. More on that on the back end. But now joining us is a man 
who deserves all the shine that he's getting this week. And the discretionary bonus, by the way, that we assume is coming his way from UFC President Dana White, UFC welterweight contender, new man to Joaquin Buckley, and I can call him welterweight contender. Was, uh, he's yeah. in my top 20 right now. Congratulations, yeah. St. Louis's yeah. finest. Uh, yeah. Big weekend for you, man. And I know that maybe your fans and guys like me put pressure on yourself and you don't feel it. But after a busy 2022 in which you fought four times, this was a big fight for you, man, given the way last year ended. I want to I go back to the end of 22, if I could. So when you're going into that Chris Curtis fight, like is welterweight even a consideration? Like are you thinking that at some point you're going up to 70 or did that result kind of serve as the springboard for you moving back down? No, nah, no, nah, I already was planning on moving down to 170, you know. So after the um, Emma Vall fight back in Paris in France, whatever, right. I had already spoke about it. I had brought out a video you know, uh, on my YouTube channel on uh, Joaquin Buckley official. But uh, I just spoke about, you know, me moving down to 170. Uh, but my Brian told me, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know, we can make a better contract or get a better deal if we stay at 185. It's going to be a lesser deal if we move down to 170 just because they don't know what to expect. They don't know if I can make the weight. Or just, or just business, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, I'll take one more at 185. And that one more was uh, Chris Curtis. You know, but I had a lot going on at the time and stuff like that. But, you know, no excuses, man. My man was the better man that night. You know what I'm saying? He put me out. He took me to the shadow realm. And I said, look, I had some time to think about it. <laughs> time to make my moves. Yeah. So in 2019, you're eight and two and you decide to go up to 185 pounds. So what led to that decision? I think it was after the Logan Storley fight, maybe. But how come you went to 85 back in 2019? Uh, back in 2019, man, uh, a lot definitely was going on at the time with with my gym, you know, uh, with my ex coach, you know what I mean. Uh, we good now though, uh, Jesse Finney. Uh, but you know, we we had a falling out, you know. What I mean, our relationship uh, turned a little sour, and uh, you know, I got cut from Bellator, and uh, I was pretty much doing everything on my own. I didn't have any management. Now I didn't have a gym, and uh, I didn't have a team. I just had a group of friends. You know, I call my solid foundation, you know what I mean? So my boy, Edric Dillard, you know, uh, Morabek, Troyev, uh, my man, Ryan Sutton, you know, RIP, you know, these are the guys that I called on um, to, to help me out, to train, to do all these things, whatever, in order to, you know, to have the right mental, you know, and the right focus. Uh, but LFA just came with an opportunity to fight at 185, right. you know, so I was training, not for real, for real, like, like every day, but I will pop up to the gym to go spar at uh, St. Charles MMA. Mike Rogers, shout out to him. You know, he gave me that connect, you know, so LFA hit him up. It was asking, like, hey, do you know anybody that's willing to fight? Da, 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 this day. He said, yeah, I got a guy, you know what I'm saying, that's willing to do it. And, you know, they was like, I bet, who is it? And, you know, he, they told him my name. They was like, all right, bro, tell him, uh, does he want to do a catch with you? And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm down to do a catch weight. So, you know, me being a welterweight, I'm thinking like 175, 180. I'm like, what they talking about? You know what I mean? They said 185. I said, bro, they ain't no, they ain't no uh, catch weight. That's weight class. <laughs> That's right. <all> middleweight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to uh, think about it for sure. I looked at my opponent in Chris Harris, and uh, I was just like, F it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And another damn near another year came by because I wouldn't even focus on fighting. So I'm going to keep it 100. I quit. I quit. Like, in my mind, I quit thinking about trying to pursue the professional fight. You know? I was just like, hey, bro, I need some bread. So whenever they come calling, cool, right. I'll take it. But, you know, I'm not thinking about being a world champion. I'm not thinking about being the best in the world. You know what I mean? So I literally stopped chasing the dream. 
And uh, but like I said, LFA called me again. I ended up fighting this dude named Jackie Goss, you know what I mean? Somebody that beat me back in Bellator, knocked me out. I got, you know what I'm saying? I returned that favor to him. And right. then shortly after that, I got signed into the UFC right after that. You know what I mean? So it just happened. That's all it did. It just happened. Yeah. Walking Buckley with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast after a big win over Andre Fialio. So result couldn't have been much better. I mean, if the scale and all the content you were pushing out is any indicator, it was just a great week overall. But before yeah. I let Ray Longo get in here, I just wanted to ask overall, how did you feel? body-wise, leading into the cut. How was the cut? And uh, obviously, you looked and felt pretty good on fight night. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, just just like how I looked in the cage, just how I felt throughout the whole camp. You know, I was working out still. You know, a lot of guys, like, when they cutting weight, they don't want to do much. They just want to sit down, sweat. You know what I mean? Either take, you know what I'm saying, um, the hot baths or do, getting the hot sauna and stuff like that, man. We working, you know? So I literally worked the weight off, you know? And my man, Nick Simmons, who is my wrestling coach right now in Michigan, you know, that's the one thing that he gave me and, and told me. He was like, hey, you want to make sure that you're conditioned within this weight class, you know? So you don't want to just take the shortcuts, you know what I mean? You want to actually work your hardest to get down to this weight. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you're still working that hard. You're still conditioning yourself, even when you're depleted, you know? So now when I'm able to rehydrate and do all what I need to do, like, bro, we a monster. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to start calling myself new monster. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 no, I was going to say, it springboards off a new mansa pretty well. I noticed you, you're in... Uh, you're in all these power slap videos now. So you stayed out there for all the festivities, man. You enjoying yeah, that or what? Man, be honest with you, you know, like I had an idea of what to expect, but threw that shit out the window. You know what I'm saying? So I got, really? uh, it's definitely something that you got to watch live. I don't know if you participated in it yet. I don't know if you've seen it yet live, John, but you know, it, 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 it's amazing, you know? And more than anything, you know what I'm saying, besides these guys just slapping each other, it's just the willingness, you know what I mean, to withstand something like wow. that. And if you – look, and like that's the thing. If you're able to survive that first shot to go back up and do it again, like, you know, I got to right. give them boys something, man. They they they, they got heart like a mug, boy. No they different, you know. Because, hey, these are the best in the world. Like, these ain't just no average, like, just a slap in the face, like, oh, disrespect. Like, these boys are hurt you. You know what I mean? So, like, a lot of people be like, oh, man, these dudes ain't no, like, don't let them motherfuckers touch you because it's over with. Like, for real. I just, because I was shaking dudes' hands and I could feel, like, the roughness of the, I was like, oh, no. Nah. I, like, I was like, you don't use no lotion, do you? Huh? No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> this is all sandpaper. You just rub your hands like this. That's your napkin, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. They like cut themselves just like rubbing their hand on their arm or something. I'm telling you, like, I don't even know what they do to try to yeah. condition that skin. Yeah. So Joaquin Buckley with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. So you got five UFC knockouts. Four of them earned you a bonus. I know Dana White said at the post fight press conference that you're going to get a discretionary bonus for this knockout. No, 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 no telling. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, like for me, it's just like it's different. You know what I mean? Trust me, I'm always going to want to be like that Justin Gaethje, you know what I mean? Every fight I go out there, because I feel like every fight, you know, just me personally, this is how I feel. Every fight was bo uh, bonus worthy, even the ones I lost. Even right. the ones I lost was bonus worthy. Yep. But, you know, I just got to work for every meal I get, you know what I mean? I got to, and so this, all this doing is just make, making the division, or work for the division, because I'm just going to work harder for mine, you know? So that's worse for them, not for me. 
So October 11th, 2020, you get asked about this every time you do an interview. You're knockout of Impacasan Ganai. Everywhere I go, by the way, in South Florida, I run into this dude. I go to fucking Dick Sporting Goods, Impacasan uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's he yeah, is, and he's a monster, right? And look yeah, at what yeah. he's done, right? Even outside yeah. the UFC since you beat I, him. Trust me, I'll be paying attention. Trust bro. me, I don't sleep on nobody. I'll be paying attention because I feel like, hey, Impa, hey, that motherfucker trying to come right back. You hear me? So, but what, what he's done is so amazing because now he's in PFL. He's in uh, the light heavyweight division. I, I think he just won, if I am mistaken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. So he's doing, he's doing beautiful things for himself, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, I hate that that situation, whatever, you know, it made my name, but whatever. But I feel like Emperor, bro, like that, that, that dude is the real truth. You know what I mean? He's a real problem for a lot of guys, you know? Yeah. And I would love to be honest with you, I would love to see him back in the UFC. Yeah. For real. Yeah. He's got some of the biggest hands I've ever seen, but this Trust is about you. So Trust that's. Me, I know I love the praise for Impa Kasanganai, but in terms of your knockout of him, right? And oftentimes I'm asked about greatest of all time, greatest knockout of all time. And for a while, you know, I would point to two knockouts, Edson Barboza against Terry Edom and yeah. Anderson Silva against Vitor Belfort. And certainly yeah. what Anderson did against Vitor in a championship setting, I understand. I'm already known. But bro, I'm already known. Yeah. You're number one for me. Like you're number one. I just don't know that that doubt. knockout, yeah, is ever going to be duplicated. And obviously, me and DC got into it a little bit way back when, when we were doing an award show, and we had to sort yeah. of split out, spread out the hardware. Like that was the unanimous <laughs> hey, say, knockout hey, say, of the had a misunderstanding, huh? <laughs> but I gotta <laughs> say, man, like <laughs> I know you made your name on that knockout, but I think the hope for your fans is that eventually you become a world champion and you make your name on that. But you know, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's my dream, first off. You know, yeah. I don't care whether anybody else want me like that's yeah. That's my end all goal because at the end of the day, this is why I'm in, like, once I got into the UFC, right, my mentality shifted again. Like, hey, bro, it could be a possibility that we can reestablish this flame, you know? And me being at middleweight, I wasn't cutting no weight, so I still wasn't even being disciplined at the time. I was just going out there and fighting with my heart and my motherfucking balls. That's it. Yeah, but now it's just like, hey, we 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 gonna think about it, right? We are gonna use our head, you know. We gonna play chess, you hear me? And uh, we gonna think about every move that we make, and everything is gonna be calculated, you know. Not only just to my walkout songs, right? Not only just out to the game plans of my fight, but also what I say on that mic, you hear me? So it's just everything is strategic to get into that belt. Everything I do is for that belt. It ain't nothing else on my mind, you hear me? Because at the end of the day, man, I want to show the world, not only do I got the craziest highlight on the planet, but I am the best fighter on the planet. And I really do believe that. Even now, like the most dominant has been John Jones. But when I say I want to be known as one of the greatest fighters, I want to be known as like one of the most entertaining, most devastating, most captivating, and most electrifying fighter that's ever been seen next to like a Mike Tyson. But still, you can't compare him to me because I do everything. I'm telling you, man, and I believe your ceiling is championship, and I love you in this weight class. I love all the content you're pushing out. Check out Joaquin Buckley's uh, YouTube channel if you haven't done that already. And uh, I know your bankroll is going to continue to fatten over the years. Before I let you go, though, right, the one thing about 70 – not going to be many short notice opportunities. And I think given all of your calculations right now, it sounds to me like you're focused on contention and not maybe a short notice fight here or there, but what is your timeline when you look at the next few months of 2023 and uh, who do you expect to share the octagon with next? 
you know, I, I got a couple names. I even got a guy that's posted on my Instagram page, uh, Kevin right. Gasson. He said he want to make 170. I'd love to introduce him to the weight class now, you know, or back. You know what I'm saying? Him coming back home, you know. Um, and then you got the Kill Cliff team. You know, I'll take anybody from that little squad at 170. Uh, right. I think it's beautiful. You got Vicente Luque. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know if he's booked already. Uh, you, you know, you know, John, you good at your job. You know, Vicente yeah, sure. already got something booked. Yeah, I think there's something in the pipeline, but I don't know that it's public yet. But that makes a lot of sense. I mean, bro, you can fight Gilbert Burns. Gilbert don't want that smoke. And then you know what Gilbert going to say? Who's bugging? I don't know who that is. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to already be that vibe because he ranked. You know what I'm saying? Because me, I don't care whether a person is ranked or not. You know, I just need to. I just need you to have a name. I don't care about ranking. Right. What What value do you bring when you bring people? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want viewership, you know? The UFC ain't the only that want eyes on them. I want eyes on me too. Yeah, yeah. At all times. So I don't care about that rank. I don't care about them numbers. I'm fake to me anyway because I feel like yeah. I'm number one, period. You Good. I like that's that. That's just my mentality. You know what I mean? You can talk all you want to, but that's just my mentality. I think I'm number one at all times, if not the champ. So with that being said, I just need people to have a following. That's it. As long as you got a following, man, we can we can do it. But I don't want nobody. Look, he got ten thousand followers talking about. Oh, I'll beat your ass, but like, right, right, get your numbers right, up first. Right, right. No, I like that. Do your do your work first, and then you can come holler. At me, you know what I'm saying? Give well, me fifty k, and then we can talk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that's I, not it though. Like. Dude, there's a lot of big fights coming your way. There's a lot of big purses coming your way. And the one thing that I'll leave you with, right, in terms of maximizing your microphone time. Don't be afraid to call for a main event at some point in time, right? Because as your following increases, right, there's a lot of shine that comes with just having your name on the poster and being a main event. And, uh, you know, as you sort of ascend to get five rounds, I know your fights probably aren't going to go five rounds, but I don't know, man. You know, sometimes sometimes having a name that you call out is one thing, but just, you know, put my face on the poster and let me fucking headline a show like you can hey, carry a show all right you know? hey thank you for that that's good all advice. Right. hey <laughs> we appreciate your time i know it's an early wake up when are you heading back to michigan what what does the next few weeks hold for you you're still in vegas uh, right now, yeah, yeah yeah so i'm heading back to st louis but i St. still got the same i got i got a, a squad down in st louis that i work with too uh travis brown uh with balcony finish so shout out to him and all also right. my man reggie thompson that's my boxing coach you know what i mean that's why i kicked them hands right you know what i mean for SEL uh boxing academy uh, so, you know, we're going to be working. So like, I've been working out every single day. Like we don't, we don't stop just because like it. when you talk, like I talk, you got to <laughs> <You gotta> back <laughs> it up. You know what I'm every word I say is a mile. <laughs> you know he is talk to new man. Yes, Walkie Buckley, the Instagram is starting to really gain some traction to new man. You ain't never lie. Good. Good. New man. 94. Huh? New Mansa 94 is the handle on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's the handle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, I got I to get, get my other accounts booming, like my Instagram. Uh, but right now, my main focus is my YouTube channel, Joaquin Buckley Official. So go follow that. And then, obviously, my Instagram. My Instagram is probably the best, like, feed that you ever going to see. You know what I'm saying? Compared to any fight. That's just my opinion. And I will say, too, because this fan base changes over every three to four years. If you have not seen what Joaquin Buckley did to our good friend, Ipa Kasanganai, go to UFC Fight Pass uh, right now and then tell me there's a better knockout out there in UFC history. Joaquin Buckley, man, congrats on a big win. We appreciate you. Enjoy I appreciate Las Vegas. And, uh, I'll Thanks. see you soon, all right? 314. Right, no, appreciate you. Take it easy. One love. Missouri's Thanks. own.
Joaquin Buckley, New Mantle with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. So 29 years of age, he just turned 29 in April, and he fought four times last year, closed out his two, 2022 with back-to-back losses, and there was a lot of pressure on him going into that Andre Fialio fight. And I know for yourself as a guy who loves cardio and who loves conditioning, being conditioned to compete at 170 pounds and go three hard fives at 170 pounds is different than making the weight. And uh, so Without far, so good for uh, Joaquin Buckley there at welterweight, you know. Without a doubt. But I tell you, John, you might as well have had a cardboard cutout of me for the last half hour. This guy's got, no, he's got some energy. But when I hear those stories about not getting along with his trainer or the manager, I mean, it means a lot, man. Like, you know, that's not a good position he was in. And now he's back and everything's good. But you could see he's a super talented guy. But if that mental aspect is off a little bit, it, it's it's got to carry into the octagon. I think that's what you saw. But He's an exciting fight. I would think the biggest man, if I was him, I hit that knockout on him, but I just walk away and live off of that for the rest of my life. But what a, that by far is better than those other knockouts you, you talked about. No question about it. Just the degree of difficulty alone. So in 2020, we're doing our UFC year in review show, and Daniel Cormier gave Kevin Holland for his upkick of Jacare Souza the knockout of the year. And Oftentimes on those award shows, there is a motivation to spread out the hardware. But I was trying to make the point that in 2020, you needed to have a unanimous knockout of the year, given what Joaquin Buckley was able to do. There was no second place that year. It was all Joaquin Buckley. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. We appreciate New Mansa. I got a couple things from uh, our listeners to ask of you, Ray, and then we'll get back to the Aljamain Sterling stuff. Uh, How did you get your start in boxing? Uh, how did I get my start in boxing? You know, at that time, I mean, it just was like a more of a neighborhood thing. You know, you just started boxing with guys in the neighborhood and guys, some guys, there was a PAL guys would go, go down and box, but it was more of not, not like a totally organized thing, but you know, we were always boxing in the backyard. It was more, more like that. And then as I got into martial arts and started training, I had to go back to the boxing gyms. I knew guys that were boxing and try to. I, I was looking at it more from a training standpoint, not from a boxing standpoint. So if that makes sense. You, I don't even know. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was, we were boxing, but we weren't like, you know, boxing, boxing. So were you more of a combat sports fan your whole life than you were a stick and ball sports fan or not necessarily? Ooh. No, nah, I was a big, I know I loved baseball growing up. No, no, I yeah. loved everything growing up. And then I think, Martial arts took over at like 14 and 15, you know, but still huge into, so I'm going to say those like, like football up until the nineties. And then I think everything, once the UFC hit, I think I kind of started getting away from even being a fan of that, but huge baseball fan for love baseball, basketball, football. Yeah. Did you play any of those sports? And if so, what sport were you best at of those sports? I mean, I played organized baseball up until maybe 16, Connie Mack, Babe Ruth League, whatever that was. Yeah. But I loved ba- baseball was definitely my yeah. thing more than anything else. And basketball. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia 
to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. All right, our good friend Dave yeah, Fretz I wants know, to know. Sounds weird, but once I, like at 1340, when I found martial arts, everything else, I didn't, I, I got to say, they probably didn't give a shit about. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of fighters. I yeah. kind of wish I found martial arts when I was 13 or 14. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Dave Fretz wants to know, is there anything in your career yet, Ray, that you haven't achieved that you really want to? Uh, it's so great that you have to actually think about that, right? Because let's take Safe Saud, one of your contemporaries yeah. at Fortis MMA, right? Yeah. He said to me way back in the day that, you know, once he produces a world champion, he might be gone. Now, perhaps I shouldn't take that public, and I don't think that is – I think at this point yeah. he's so in love with coaching that that is no longer the case, right? He yeah. did corner Brandon Moreno, but that was sort of a weird circumstance. But right. for you, in terms of MMA and your coaching career, I'm just not sure uh, what else there is that you're uh, looking to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I feel like I, I tell you, I just did a. I thought it was a, Luke Thomas did a great job on that. We did that room service diaries. I don't know if I answer the questions correctly or what people want to hear, but um, like even that. No, I think I've accomplished everything. If I leave tomorrow, my there's something I didn't do. No, but I think it's not. I'm just grateful for whatever I was able to be a part of, and I think it's different. Because it's not like I'm training fighters. It, it, we're, we're friends. So it's hard for, like, I don't want to take any credit away from, I, first of all, I don't want to take any credit away from the guys that were fighting, for sure. Uh, and I I think it comes across, I, I don't know. I mean, we're all still friends. It's it's a weird bit. It's not like you're, it's not like, uh, you're going to, um, you're going somewhere specifically to learn something like to learn how to play chess and there's no relationship. Right. It's just that I think that's the difference. We're pretty close and I don't look at it probably the way other people are looking in at it. If, if that makes any sense at yeah. all, I think yeah. it's just something we're doing. We're having fun. We're still breaking balls. Uh, you know, like a lot of times, like I was doing the interview, it's not really, you know, I think if I had to put a, a thing on what made me successful, it wasn't really like technical. Even though I think technically I understand everything, that's why I think that's what gets misconstrued. Like if you're asking me, do I think I'm the best coach around? Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Like, but it's not. That's not what I'm looking to do. It's I'm I'm, right. I'm very confident, but I don't. I just don't look at it the same way other people look at. It. I like. I like. Like I can't coach somebody I don't like. Maybe that. That right. maybe that's the way to yeah. put it. If I don't have well, a relationship with, it, I can't coach it. Like so. That has to be in place first, and then you know whatever. It's it's more like just something like I never really thought about. We just grew up like 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 you're asking me with the body. We just grew up boxing. You know, I'd have you know yeah. somebody. Well, I'm not asking you. I mean, these are questions the- that we oh, solicited yeah, yeah, no, from just, the no, viewers. No, not that, I'm saying no, like everything was kind of organic and natural, and nothing was forced. Like even with when I met Matt, I had already had like a Golden Gloves. Ch- oh no, I didn't have it, but, but kickboxing champs. Uh, 
and I was kind of in the right place at the right time. And, you know, what was it? It was a new sport. We don't know what to expect, right? So we're just, these guys wanted to fight. I was already, I think, promoting fights and training fighters. So it was just like a natural thing. And then the UFC became big and everything else became big, you know? Another one of our listeners wants to know, and this sort of dovetails with your answer there from McDane MMA, when you talk about sort of fighters that you want to coach, right? What key qualities or attributes do you look for in fighters to determine whether or not they have the potential to excel? And I would sort of piggyback upon that and say, you don't have to name any names, but have there been any high profile fighters that you have turned away or sort of unceremoniously shown the door because you didn't click? I mean, I'll just give you one example, but not when we did the show with George Sadaropoulos came back to, with us and he he was considered to be maybe a, a guy that was going to challenge for the 55 belt. at one Yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. And, and at that point, before he even lost the fight, uh, I had to get rid of him. I just he there was something he was very paranoid. He was kind of like divide and conquer in the gym i i just i do that shit drives me crazy and uh i did like george we had some good times but he his whatever defect he had in his personality really was a was going to be a virus to the gym and and he had a he had to go like immediately yeah you know and that was that was before he even lost like i i couldn't give a shit if he was going to be a champion, it was just never going to work out. But, you know, I have no ill feeling towards him now. But at the time, it was, you know, I don't know. Me and Matt always had a pretty good sense of who to weed out and who yeah. was going to be like our type of guy. Like, it's right. that, that's what I think. I think it's a Long Island thing. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, you know, like, again, we, everybody lives close. There's a lot of like mindedness, you know, uh, super good families, uh guys that came in you know matt was a jujitsu phenom weidman had you know he was a wrestling phenom in my eyes you know and probably everybody else's but um everybody had something to the table and then it was just finding out a way to build the rest of that puzzle up now like it is so interesting i'm gonna say john i'm gonna say if you ask matt his what he thinks of me weidman what he thinks of me and aljo what he thinks of me it's going to be three separate answers as i think it should be Right. But I do think regionally, you all are cut from the same cloth, grew right. up the same way. And I yeah, think, that, I think that's uh, what adds to the whole thing. I mean, I don't think it's just about, like I, I say, even with uh, Joaquin before, like, yeah, he had some losses. Great fight. You could see this kid's got talent. There's no question about it. But if he's fighting with his trainer or his manager and his always yeah. or he's getting divorced, that shit adds into it. It, yeah. it just does. Uh, unless you're superhuman. You know, right. All right. I want to get back to Aljamain Sterling. Last question before I do from uh, Upkick FTW. What's your favorite pizza topping, Ray? <laughs> I like it. I like everything plain. Like I like my coffee black. I like a nice cheese, you know, round slice. I like a, a nice grandma slice and that's it. Okay. Just plain pizza. You like it thin? Plain. A grandma's is inherently thicker. You like a thin pizza or you like no, the well, thick? Uh, the grandma slice I'm used to is is thin. Okay, the all one, right. You know, all but right. but the regular pizza, nice cheese pizza, all yeah, right. beautiful. All right. So, w- if you were forced to put a topping on a piece of pizza, what would that topping be? <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, you know, Sarah's got me eating this drunken Sicilian 
I don't know what the hell. It's like a All vodka. Right. It's got to be like a, oh, okay. a vodka top. All really right. good. All it's really right. good. <laughs> but it's so, it's so freaking heavy, John. You can't. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Cody just wrote in the chat, chewed steak. Chewed up steak is Ray's favorite steak. pizza topping. All right. So this Aljamain Sterling stuff. All right. Yeah. Chicken bones too. Uh, so this Aljamain Sterling stuff, it's crazy, but it's not right. And you know, there's a lot of people that don't like me, right? There's a lot of people that don't like a lot of people who are public figures and for any promoter, any combat sports promoter, whether you got 700 athletes or 50, you're not going to love all of them. You're not going to have the same interpersonal relationships with all of them. Um, but I would classify the relationship between the UFC and Aljamain Sterling at this point in time as just disappointing. And even before we knew that August 19th, Boston, Massachusetts was happening, I wondered aloud to you, like, Ray, what are we doing here? Like, I know when Mayrob Dwalishwili was trying to turn around quickly and fight Umar Nurmagomedov, you were like, whoa, bro, like, you're not even healthy. Like, you've barely even showered after your win. And now, seemingly, it's being done again, but it's being done to the champion. So what can you tell us? Over the last 72 hours, you were just with Aljo last hour. Uh, you know, it seems like he's going to go handle business on August 19th. But uh, I don't know, man. A lot of people are suggesting that he's biting off more than he can chew, potentially, by, you know, towing the company line and taking the fight. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you you just, you know, we just talked to him for a brief period, too. I mean, you could see he's super grateful. He's, he's, he made that very... Very clear. He's super grateful for the opportunities the UFC has given him. He's a really nice kid. I think you could even see from our last interaction. But he's kind of, you know, like, think about this is what I'm trying to say because I don't want to bash anybody. Look, people could do business the way they want to do business. It's their business. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to, I don't have to agree with it. But, you know, you, I do respect everything Dana's done. And the Fratitas. I mean, come on. You, you if you if you don't respect what they've done, you you're insane. But um, I could just tell you after the this is why I said I'd rather do it with examples. After the Marab fight with Jan, they offered the guy a fight six weeks after that. Like, who does it? Like, what is that? What is that? Like, what does that mean to you? I mean, like, right. it goes back to after you know. I I think I told you the story. After the first John fight with the disqualification, Aljo calls me and goes, uh, you know, they offered me, they want me to do a rematch. I'm going to tell you something. It was like seven weeks. Now, the guy just got kneed in the head. So I don't even know if he's clear, but he guys, he goes, they offered me a fight in like seven weeks. I go, Aljo, they must really like you. He goes, yeah, I'm not really sure. I go, no, no, no. They, they fucking hate you. What are right. you talking about? He's thinking about it because I'm. I'm being sarcastic. Right, I go, well, right, I right. really like Aljamain. I mean, but after that fight, to get a turnaround fight in less time than the Boston fight. So they have to, I'd have to talk to them and go, what's running through your head? I don't know. Like, again, it's not my, it's really not my business. But if, from an outsider looking in, I think it's weird and, and it's funny. You know what I mean? So I can only give you examples. And if you can make sense out of why you would offer Marab a fight after a five-round fight, with PD on five weeks after that with Umar and the Maga Metaphor, you know, Marab never agreed to anything. I, I don't know. Just I'd have to know where what the mentality was to give you a proper answer. I, I don't know. Well, and I think divisionally, there are a lot of champions that are not available right now, or there are a lot of belts that are being held up for one reason or another. 
Yuri Prohaska is going to be the next light heavyweight title challenger, but Jamal Hill seemingly would be ready to go. He fought in January, several months before Aljamain Sterling defended his title against Henry Cejudo, right? But it seems like they yeah. want to wait and do Jamal Hill and Yuri Prohaska, right? There are John Jones is your heavyweight champion, right? I mean, that's ideal in a lot of respects, but maybe less than ideal in a lot of others. Sergey Pavlovich probably fight every three months. You know what I mean? Right, Zhang right, Wei right. Li hasn't fought in a while. She's going to fight in Boston, but maybe not in a headlining capacity. Alexander Volkanovsky, you can be sure, would love to fight yeah. four or five times this year, but you don't know how it's going to go right. for him against Yair Rodriguez. Yeah. The Benil Darius, Charles Oliveira fight gets Man, delayed, and now maybe down. that keeps right. Islam Akashev on the sidelines. But Leon Edwards made it exceedingly clear after his second straight win over Kamar Usman, you know, that he was going to call the shots. And it's and not maybe as though that's, they're... Maybe that's why Aljo's getting penalized a little bit because of that. They don't want that to happen. I mean, John, let me just... I, I know I interrupted you, but... Please. I don't... Like, to me, in business and even down here, you know what? People like consistency. You know what I mean? Like, if I come in here and everybody's pays 200 a month, and then they're walking around the gym and somebody says, no, he only charges me 75 that's not good. You know what I mean? Like right. it's got to be consistent. That's why I say you, we're, we're, we're giving examples with is it's, it seems like it's favoritism almost, you know? And I, and my, that's why I say, if you know your guys, like I got to know my guys who I could, you know, how to talk to them and how to coach them. Everybody's different. If you know your guys, you know, Marab's a guy that's going to fight every week. If that's what you want, he's your type of guy. Aljo, has his own routine. He needs a little different. You know, it's not like he's asking once a year, you know what I mean? If he's healthy, wants to fight. I think he's made that clear. So I think it's the inconsistency of, well, Maklachev hasn't fought in a year. Why are you rushing me to fight in two months? Like that, that's where I have a problem. I like, I like fairness and I like the transparency of knowing everybody's doing the same thing. Like if he right. turns out, if Dana wanted to turn everybody around every two months, then that's it. That's what you signed up for. Then that's the company. This is their rules. It's their company. He built it up. He gets to call the shots. But to do one thing one time and not another time, I think that's where it gets a little sticky for me. I couldn't agree with you more. And there is favoritism in all walks of life. And yeah, uh, certainly oh, yeah, as a parent. No, right. Yeah. But if Aljo had said, I got to get this biceps tendon looked at and yeah, I'll be back at least once before the end of the year, right? Then maybe that affects their mentality. And Cody Merrow, our producer is now telling me the rumor swirling that Israel Adesanya is going to fight Jamal Hill in Sydney, Australia on pay-per-view in September. That is totally news to me, right? But obviously they need a champion and competitively, I think your guy Sterling believes that he's going to be just as competitive on August 19th against Sean O'Malley as he would be in September or October. Otherwise, he wouldn't have taken the fight. But let us be clear. You guys just competed over five rounds against Henry Cejudo on May 6th. I'm sitting here talking to you on May 25th. And in yeah. two weeks, you're going to be like seven and a half, eight weeks out. Without a doubt. I think that's, you know, I think that's, that's insane. Asking a, I think that's asking a lot. Like, John, again, the fight. They bring O'Malley in the octagon. That fight's already made in everybody's head, unless they could say it wasn't. I'm saying, obviously, I think they announced it even close to that without even asking Aljo, you have any injuries? How are you feeling? You think well, you can do this? Well, in a meritocracy, Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling would have fought May 6th in Newark, uh -huh. New Jersey. Henry Cejudo came back when right. O'Malley was the number one contender. So, I mean, how do you think Aljo feels? It's almost like O'Malley's dictating the shots. 
Right. Uh, why? Because he's got more Instagram followers. I mean, what do we? It's not about it that. On? It's not so much about the Instagram followers. It's his ability to move all of those needles, right, and sell pay per views. Yes. Hey, well, hold on, come in for a second. Let me just. Uh, Who we got? This, I haven't seen this guy in years. You know this guy, John Chris Wade. Oh, I Look love Chris guy. Wade. Uh, you talk about Long guy. Island, loud What's and proud. Good to see you, man. How are you, brother? Very good. About to fight in a couple weeks, so about to get in some fist fights over here. Yeah, My yeah, man, yeah. well, it's always I, mean, I haven't good to even see seen you. him, but it's really good. To, I'll be Great in a little bit, man. Awesome, good to man. see you, John. You too, my man. I've been tracking his progress since he left yeah, the UFC. Yeah. He's yeah, had what a, a lot great of career outside the UFC. Too. Oh, yeah, he's a stud. But so, where were we on that, John? With the I know we were talking about Sean O'Malley, and I was just suggesting that yes, his Instagram followers is part of it, right? But he is one of the top five biggest draws in the company so you can understand yes. that there's an internal motivation to get him to a title fight and again he beat Piotr Jan fair and square and became the number one contender and that's all yes. well and good you know some people might take issue with Henry Cejudo cutting the line but given his status he did that and and now it's O'Malley's turn but the fact that the calendar is being determined by challenger and not champion is uh is not what's necessarily happening in other divisions but you also have other guys like Forrest Griffin came on these airwaves and he said maybe put an asterisk next to his comments but he doesn't like the champions like Leon Edwards or others are calling the shots right and saying no you know I'm gonna fight this guy on this timeline he feels like it should be the promoter yeah, and uh, well, and you could see Forrest was for that's why Forrest is being taken care of now. He was, right, a, yeah, he, right. was a, he was good. He's a he's a company man. I well, don't think people anybody, say I'm the ultimate shill, so I'm no, here talking uh, yeah, about but, the other side. You know, look, man, I don't I don't think so. I think even this conversation, if people wanted to dissect it, they could get mad at you. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But of I think course. it's done in good taste. Like again, that's why I want to make it very clear. If I'm running the business. I don't even want to be quite, you know, I, I get it. Like, again, they did a great job. And that's what I loved about Aljo. He was very grateful for the opportunity. He's making that. He's not an ungrateful guy. Right. You know right. what I mean? I just think we needed a little time to, to even see where his head was at. That's all he was saying. He wasn't saying anything else. You know, there was definitely no contract sign. Like right. I did a couple interviews. They said, is he fighting? They go, there's no contract sign. Although I know he was thinking about fighting because I had talked to him. Yeah. And it, listen, at the end of the day, John, it's, he, I, th- I like what he said. I'm going to show up, win, right. and piss in your Cheerios again. And that's yeah. the best way to do it. That's my thing to him. This is motivation. You know what I mean? You're taking a guy that, you know, can't like survive that year of torture after the, the disqualification. He's just building mental momentum that good luck stopping. You know, and if yeah. O'Malley thinks he's the guy. Step right up. Let's do it. And that's what's going to And unlike happen. your tri-state area sports fans, the sports fans in Boston are going to recognize greatness and give your guy Aljamain Sterling some love. So don't even worry about that. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I, doubt, I, doubt, I doubt that. He might go in with no. a Yankees cap on. We'll see how good he does. He's, uh, I mean, well, well yeah, we, which hat you going to choose from, right? You got fucking seven baseball teams, eight football teams, <laughs> a million fucking hockey teams, the Devils and the Islanders and the Rangers, and I'm surely forgetting one. Now, if, if he I, goes if, into Boston and wears a Yankees hat, I'll boom too. If I walked in with Billy Buckner's glove, would you be mad if I walked, I do the entrance walk with Buckner's glove? No, the the Red Sox have won four World Series titles since then, oh, so since I'm okay. Then. Oh, so but that's a few already, years ago, that's already yeah, no, that's okay. Bambino is erased. You right, so you, you always invoke the name Bill Buckner. No, but Frankie Edgar, I believe, went Yankees hat in Boston at some point in time, and it didn't make me very happy. Uh, 
But no, if Aljo goes Yankees hat, I will absolutely boo him as well. There's, it's undeniable that Sean O'Malley is going to have a lot of support in Beantown. I'm just saying that Boston has a knack for appreciating greatness. So I think your guy Sterling might get a little bit more love than he is expecting. The only thing I think maybe that, what, you think I'm on Adderall now because I transitioned quickly with the problem now? Dude, I felt like I stood, the Buckley thing, I didn't didn't utter a word. Well, so I was in the chat writing to you, all you, Ray. Go ahead, Raymond. And then at one point during the interview, I said, Ray Longo's going to get in here. And then I paused. And I thought you and, uh, were going to chime in, but you didn't. So I just uh, I continued with the interview. Oh, you know? man, I, I saw no chat. I'm not. Yeah, that's anything. all good. But so but, basically, Aljo verbally agreed and then yes. was questioning his own health publicly. And I think Dana kind of latched on to that. You know, that's all. It's not did, a big did deal. Did Aljo agree or did he say, let me see how I feel. Give me a week or two. Yeah, I don't know. Right. That's what uh, you, you got to find out. That. That, that's right. the way it went. That's the way it went down over here. Wait, before before the Boston guys come. Dude, huge Cole Yastrzemski fan. That's how far I go back. Long Island yeah. guy from out east, huge Yastrzemski fan. One of the yeah, best. Yeah, he's got uh, – I think he's got a nephew doing big things in the major leagues right now for the San Francisco Giants. But, nice. yeah. Hey, you can talk 70s Major League Baseball with me every day of the week. But, no, I appreciate you yeah. engaging in a little bit of a back and forth. And uh, either way, it's a huge fight coming up in Boston, August yes. 19th, UFC 292. Will you be driving? Right? How good is that? Yeah, that's good. I'll probably take the ferry over to Connecticut and then drive like an hour from. Uh, there you go. There you really go. nice, really nice ride. <laughs> hey, well, next time we interview a fighter, I'll ask the first two questions and then I'll give you some sort of sign that says it's all you. And then we'll I'll let you go. Yeah, because at one point I was like, just have a cardboard cut out of my head <laughs> and just yeah. stick it there. If there you need you that, you just do that. Yeah. I was right. like, holy crow, I'm going to get yeah. tortured. I just sat there like an idiot. Yeah. No, but but that that hot, that kick he pulled off by far oh. is on the highlight reels. That it, you got to look at stuff we never saw before, and that that's a yeah. good one. You yeah. Know? I think Anderson Silva's knockout is so hard to compete with because the buildup for Vitor Belfort versus Anderson Silva was just enormous. They were fighting for the belt on one of the biggest pay-per-views of all time at that time. And then he knocks him out like that. It's just, I know Leota Machida did the same thing to Randy Couture, but to do it in a title fight like that, I just think that that one, uh, for most people, is going to hold down that number one spot. But for me, as you just heard, Joaquin Buckley against Impa Kasangani. All right, Raymond. Hey, have a great day. Have a better evening. Anything else before we let you get off to this Memorial Day weekend? Uh, I think that's it, buddy. What are you doing for the weekend? Child care, mostly. Just wow, running good. around. Yeah. Just running. But, but that's uh, a bit, in a way, that could be relaxing at this point. Yeah. No? Yeah. A day? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Really. Yeah. But hey, I appreciate you coming on today. And uh, we got a quick turn. I think we're doing the show next Tuesday. So I'll talk to you in about four or five days, my man. Oh, so it's definitely Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, we're trying to get schedules aligned. Ken Flo's going to be on the West Coast. Cody's going to New Hampshire. I mean, you and I are ready to go. It's just these other guys. Let's just do it. Let's come on and do it. I also think I have secured a studio space in South Florida, so that's very exciting as well. Wow, big stuff. So next time you're down here, we'll have you in studio. That sounds Uh, good, huh? Uh, Yeah, I might be coming down too. I want to visit uh, Tony Ricci. All right. Hey, go Chris Wade is waiting. Why don't you get out of here? Okay. All right. Let me get out of here. Take it easy, John. All right. There he is. Memorial Day. Thank you, buddy. Ray Longo with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. Of course, he's always here for the Anakin Florian podcast. I would shout out his Instagram, but it's like Ray Longo 39568 because his Instagram got hacked. 
Thank you to Joaquin Buckley. Thanks to Ray Longo, our producer is Cody Merrow. We are back next week, likely Wednesday, May 31st, to get you ready for the next UFC live event. Headline by Kai Kata France and Amir Albazi in the flyweight division. And also we will begin our two-week preview of UFC 289, which beckons June 10th in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. With that for Longo, I'm John Anik signing off. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, YOLO. a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family, and 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.